What is going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up, Howard Bender, Adam Ronis. We're here from Fantasy Alarm. I'd say Sawdust Podcast Network, but it's so much more than that, right? Because you can find us absolutely anywhere. Well, you're listening right now, so you probably found us. Hey, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pandora, SiriusXM app. We are all over the place here. Everybody wants a piece of the Annie Up podcast, Adam. Everybody wants a piece. Are you going to give it to him, Adam? Are you That's right. Give it to him? Like DMX, X going to give it to you. Rest in peace. <laughs> All right. Well, so another day, another draft here in the books. Uh, we we had two today, um, right? Well, you had two today. I had one today. Although in the tail end, we did the FSGA uh, props and futures draft again. We did that last year. Um, that was it. Uh, that was earlier in the day. And then you just had your FSGA uh, Central League draft which is another one of those 14 team ppr drafts where you know you just regular old league nothing crazy or kooky about it just it is what it is 14 teams ppr one quarterback two running backs three wide receivers a tight end flex kicker in a day um in the middle of all of that and towards the tail end of the um of the the props bet because you know the props draft because you and i were uh, sitting in there, um, and you were putting in the picks for us. Uh, I ended up jumping into a uh, a best ball on, uh, on underdog fantasy, which is like it's like speed chess, man. It's like, uh, have you done any on on underdog? Not this year. I did last year. So is that the is it a thirty second clock? Is Four it a thirty second clock? Um, well, you doing yes, a soldier? It oh, it's thirty, yes, right? It's yeah, 30 I did. Seconds. I did do one on there last year. They are pretty fun. I have not done any yet. I've done some best ball tens, but yeah, I'll probably hop in and do a few. Do they have any slow drafts though, or they're all? They all... do. Like that's okay. the thing. You can sit there, and um, you know, you you can choose. There there are drafts with like you know four hour clocks. I think there are drafts with six hour clocks, eight hour clocks. This was one of those like thirty second jobbies. Right. You know, in out. You know, give me give me something to. To you know, pull me away from the the Zoom room antics and shenanigans for the FSGA, um, and then two of my friends, actually a husband and a wife. <laughs> so actually, it was it was uh, it was Chris Corona, lighting designer for Fish, right? I got his I got his wife into the uh, into the Scott Fish Bowl. You know, I got you know that remember that time that that Scott Fish sent out that tweet saying uh, you know wanted more women, more diversity in there and. You know, if any woman like, you know, responded to his, um, you know, tweet that he would bring him into the Scott Fishbowl. So I was like, you know, you, you would love this. Try it out. It's totally wacky. It's totally goofy. Um, it's unlike any other league you've ever done. And she was like, cool, I'm in. That's great. So as the Scott Fishbowl has been going on, um, Chris, who's also a, a fantasy football junkie, uh, is now dealing with like massive amounts of FOMO because his wife is waking up and she's immediately checking her team and she's constantly looking at the draft and everything's all about that. And he's like, why am I not in this? I'm like, dude, you're going on tour and you're going to be a mad kid. You know, it's going to be a basket case. Like you're, you're just, you're not going to have time. You were just at the peach festival and now you're going to be traveling and I was like, I just thought it would be best that, you know, you just, you know, if if you really wanted next year, I'll uh, I'll do my best. You apply. 
uh, and I'll uh, I'll do my best to to talk to Scott about accepting you. And um, so as this is all going on now, for the last couple of days, they've been calling me like every morning. I've been talking to Rhea about her team and her draft, and Chris is calling me um, just to give me some shit. And so the next thing I know, I, I retweet this link from John Impemba about his best ball. And uh, and I'm like, I'm in. Why not? And the next thing I know, the phone rings and it's Chris and it's Rhea. And they're like, we're in this best ball now with you. And so I went from the Zoom room with uh, with you guys and we finished up that draft to being on the phone with them for this best ball draft on conference call on speakerphone. Um, and then like right into the fantasy alarm show. So, you know, it's been it's been hysterical. It's been like, you know, one of those days where, you know, it's you're so happy that this is your job because you are you're having a fun time doing it. You're dealing with all of these drafts and people's enthusiasm is all crazy and stuff. So, yeah, man, it's been uh, it's been hysterical. And there I was I was like, I finally got a break after the show. But meanwhile, I'm sitting there and I'm staring at your draft board. And I'm watching you draft. And, uh, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, man, I haven't been this pumped up about fantasy football in a really long time. Well, it's be- I, I mean, you probably have. It's just you feel that way now because it's draft season. Yeah. You got well, all the drafts going. You'll be a little worn down, I guarantee you, late August. You'll be like, oh, my goodness, is season going to start? I have so many drafts. Right. But, but see, here's the thing is that when that does happen – Right. Then boom. And I'm already I'm ready for my vacation. Like the bulk of the draft guide work, that's all done here in July. So that right. way we spend, you know, Fantasy Alarm spends August, you know, updating content, the position battles, everything like that. We're still doing our drafts, uh, making that happen. You know, I'll be traveling to the uh, for the GST. Um and then immediately, then I boom, I then I go on fish tour at the end of August for like, you know, shows in Tahoe and shows in uh, in Colorado. So I get that breather like immediately after all of this. You know what it is? I've been so, you know, for so many years, it's because maybe maybe because I've just, I, I started off so much as a baseball guy that I was still having that, you know, just that that feeling of resentment that Sirius XM was abandoning. It's baseball listeners, you know, by shifting all of the content over to um, to football on July 4th weekend. It's like we're not even at the all star break for baseball. And yet we're all doing just football. And so I I think that's kind of just worn off. Maybe, uh, you know, probably because, you know, we know that football pays the bills. But I mean, even, you know, even on the radio, it's like there are more callers. People are all into it. And it's just it just becomes a, a much more fun and exciting time. And I'm just I'm 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 relishing in it rather than being like my baseball. I mean, I think you have to. It's just you know, negative when you're negative, it just doesn't help anything. So you might as well just embrace what's ahead. And you know, we're kind of used to it by now. It's been going on for years. It has. And I think that this is the first time in a while that I just I haven't resented it. You know, I mean, just, you know, good stuff's happening. We have a fancy alarm. We got the redesign. That's out of the way now. We're like, you know, building back up. There's a lot of great, great stuff happening um, all over the place. And I'm just, uh, I'm pretty psyched. This is going to be a great football season. This is going to be a great football season. I'm actually even psyched to do DFS, dude. Like, I'm pumped up for that. I'm ready. 
We're making money. Money. Not to mention betting. Westgate Super Contest. All that other shit. Come on. Get some. <laughs> yeah. You you just don't share you don't share the same enthusiasm. That's okay. Um, maybe not yet. I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've been doing all this, you know, it's because it's hit me this week, you know, all these drafts. I'm in the middle of two best ball solo drafts, Scott Fishbowl, and just did the FSGA tonight. Uh so yeah, it's just it's just the beginning. It is just the beginning. Embrace it. Love it. I'm in it. I'm in it, baby. Let's talk about your draft tonight. Now, this was um, the FSGA Central League. So you can go to rtsports.com slash FSGA Central. And, uh, you know, really, really nice group of people you're you're here with. Um, you know, I know Brian Huss from FanDuel. I know Mike Petropoulos from, uh, from the FFPC. Uh, Dr. Roto's in there. You had Anthony Aniano and the King, Scott Engel. Your old partner from Roto Experts, they were drafting fourth. Andy Behrens is in here from Yahoo Sports. Zach Zaret from Drafters Fantasy. I'm not sure who that is. Fantasy boss, Ronald Ashkar. Uh, then you, what was that, eighth you drafted? Yeah. Eighth. Dave Dory from The Huddle. That's a tough guy to draft next to. That's yes. a tough guy to draft next to. Uh, Fantasy pros, Dan Harris. Uh, from Ledger 360, Ethan Bonder, Jason Alsop, um, Front Yard Fantasy, John Luke Garofalo. Oh, look at that big, big, big guy fantasy, Bob Long in there also at 13. And then uh, Sean Green and Ryan Kramer from Sports Gambling. Um, something. I don't know. Apologies, guys. But uh, you picked eighth. Talk to me, man. Uh, thoughts going into the draft. Uh strategy or just you know just you're just doing your thing yeah I mean I pretty much felt that I was probably going to take two running backs to start because it goes running back heavy it's a 14 team league and you know I love a lot of the receivers going in those rounds so that was the plan I was hoping Ezekiel Elliott would fall to me they had talked about it in the alarm after hour show and he went one pick before me and I was like damn it and then I felt like after that could have went in a few directions. Maybe some people are surprised that I passed on Saquon Barkley, but I am a little concerned with his injury coming off. There's been some talk that maybe he's not ready to begin the season or they ease him in. So maybe if this is done in August, Barkley goes earlier. Cause obviously a lot of people, everyone else had the same concern, right? Cause he fell sure. to eight and then took a nine. So um, I went with Nick Chubb. I know you took him at three. Look, there's, Questions in a PPR, but he's got a ridiculously high floor and it's a good offense there. You saw last year, the transformation of how they ran the ball, even with Kareem Hunt there. I think he's has a high floor and maybe maybe it's the high stakes leagues mentality. Why he falls a little bit because people are playing for an overall championship there and they're shooting for the guy that can finish as a top three running back. And maybe Chubb can't because of the lack of receptions, but you know, he should still be a top five, top eight running back, even in PPR. So I just took the, the safe floor there. And then coming around, you know, it was kind of tough. It, you, you know, if you're going best player overall, you're probably going DeAndre Hopkins. And I was tempted and I passed because I love Antonio Gibson as my RB2. I mean, the guy was tremendous last year. I remember he was really learning the running back position. He was a wide receiver, mostly in college, and they tried to ease him in. And he did a really good job, and I think they're going to pass to him more. 
Uh, you're not going to have Alex Smith checking down all the time to J.D. McKissick. Um, and I think they've already talked about how he's picked up the position even more in the offseason. So I see his role increasing and just love the talent. Uh, had him in a lot of leagues last year. So, and in hindsight, I'm glad I did it because if I took Hopkins coming back in round three, there's no running backs there that I would have taken. The running backs that went after Mike Davis, not taking him. Josh Jacobs, no. Javante Williams, I like, but I, he went last pick around three. Trey Sermon went first pick around four. So I'm not taking any of those guys. Uh, so I'm glad that I went with the two running backs because, again, it played out like how I thought. You know, new CEH, Chris Carson, Dobbin, Swift, none of those guys would make it back. So well, I had to go with the two running backs. And I was actually surprised Keenan Allen fell to me at 3-8. Like some of the – I would have taken him ahead of some of the receivers and went in front of him. So people love the Chargers offense, don't they? I mean, Justin Herbert's going as a top eight quarterback. I do uh, love Ke- the Chargers offense. Keenan Allen is a, a PPR machine, man. So um, I even – you know, last year I, I was down on him. I was, and the reason why was I was like, well, Teron Taylor, man, you know, he's not going to have the same chemistry he did with Phillip Rivers. He was dependent on volume. And if you remember in a lot of drafts last year, he was going fifth round, sixth round. I know in one of the RT sports championship drafts, I got him at six one. So it's also a lesson that you could be down on a player, but there always comes a time where the price is too good to pass. So that was the only league I had Keenan Allen in. I loved Keenan Allen talent. I didn't like the situation. Who knew a doctor would stab Taylor and get Justin Herbert in so quickly. Um, But yeah, (laughs) Keenan Allen, I did have in one league last year and uh, he obviously was tremendous. Did miss a couple of games, but still has a hundred receptions. Now the yardage were down a little bit. He only had 9.9 yards per reception last year, but eight touchdowns was tied a career high. Um, But yeah, I mean, if Herbert continues to, to be good, um, and Allen is able to, you know, play 16 games. That was a knock on him early in his career. The injuries early, uh, torn ACL. I think it was a fluke back injury, but he's played 16 games. Oh, remember, remember when he like, like, like tore his, uh, his spleen or something like yeah, that? Yeah, ruptured kidney. spleen or something. Yeah. It was, it was um, something weird like that where, yeah, lacerated spleen or kidney or something like that, where it was just, it was such a, like he was, he got injured the year before and then had that laceration the year after. And everybody was like, oh, he's totally injury prone. Right. And then since then, he's played 16 games in three of the last four years and even last year with 14 games. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just he's going to get the volume. He had 147 targets last year in 14 games, 149 targets the year before. That's what you want. 100 receptions in three of the last four years. The one he missed, 97. So, yeah, just a. Uh, you know, solid pick there. And I was happy. I was like, oh, please don't get, uh, don't, I hope I don't get sniped here. And uh was able to get Keenan Allen in round three. If he would have went, I probably would have went CeeDee Lamb, but went one pick after. Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, high floor guys right there. Nick Chubb's a high floor guy. Keenan Allen is a high floor guy. Um, You know, Antonio Gibson, I agree with you. I think, you know, there's, there's a lot of great stuff and you gotta, you gotta also, you know, remember that they're, they're Rivera and Scott Turner you know, they're bringing that that offense that they ran in Carolina with Christian McCaffrey um, over to Washington. So I'm not saying Antonio Gibson is McCaffrey, but he does have the the size and the speed to kind of fill that role. Right. You know, I mean, um, Mike Davis filled that role for a little while in Carolina last year. Gibson can do that in Washington. And, you know, so I, I do. I think that's a I think it's a great pick. I mean, listen, starting off with Chubb and Gibson, rock solid, Keenan Allen, um, I totally get. 
uh, on that. DJ Moore, you came back with. I got to tell you, <laughs> I am so bullish on this Carolina offense that if it does fail, then I'm just going to uh, I'm just going to retire to the just, you know, to just the DFS community. Um, but I got to tell you, I mean, with with Sam Darnold and the arm strength that he does have and the way that they can just kind of mix up the receivers, um, I, I think D.J. Moore is a, is a hell of a pick there. Hell of a pick. Yeah, I love the talent. I think a couple guys mentioned in the room, too, they were looking to take D.J. Moore that round. Uh, it was weird because Moore last year, 18.1 yards per reception. And Robbie Anderson, was, I think, was like around 10. <laughs> you would have think it was reverse. Well, that's um, what's what everybody thought to start the season. Yeah. That's that's what it was. But, you know, because Robbie Anderson knew Joe Brady and Matt Rule's offense because Matt Rule and, and Robbie Anderson, uh, he was Robbie Anderson's coach in college. Yeah, Temple. So he knew what he was capable of. So instead of having him just be the deep threat and look one dimensional like the Jets did because they're fucking stupid. um. You know, he he had him running all these underneath routes and picking up yards after the catch. So, yeah, dude, I like it. I like it. More will get hit. You know, he'll he'll do the deep shots and he'll do the uh, the underneath work now. Now that they've got a QB better than Bridgewater for sure. Yeah, the only thing that lacks with him is touchdowns. Uh, maybe it changes one of these years. Uh, he's not a guy that scores a lot of touchdowns, but uh, you know he can. Make the big plays, and I would think the receptions go up too. I mean, his catch rate was just really not that good last year. You know, 66 receptions on 118 targets, 55.9%. Uh, uh, his first two years, he was 67.1, 64.4. So hope that he can be better in that category. And he's uh, only, what is he, 24 when the season starts? Yeah, he's no, he's already 24. So, yeah, again, my second wide receiver in a 14-team league, um, I'll take it. Yeah. All right. And then you round out with your top six with Deontay Johnson and Jerry Judy. And, you know, listen, can't argue with the the looks that Deontay Johnson gets and, you know, Big Ben. And we'll see, you know, how everything, you know, stacks up in that offense again. I, you know, uh, I, I'm a fan. I think uh, Chase Claypool is more of the, <clears throat> excuse me, the gimmick guy. I think Deontay and, and Juju are the guys uh, you want in this Pittsburgh passing game. And then Jerry Judy. He'll move the chains. You know, the only thing I worry about with Judy is um, obviously who's throwing him the ball. Now, if, if it's Bridgewater, then I think it works out better for Judy because I think because Bridgewater doesn't throw deep and he likes those underneath routes a lot more. I think that's more suited for Judy um, than, you know, than it is for Cortland Sutton. I think Cortland Sutton gets the, uh, the, you know, the deeper passing work. So, you know, I, I mean, that's my take on Judy. Yours? Uh, he's a phenomenal route runner. I mean, that guy just gets open with ease. So, yeah, if Bridgewater is the quarterback, or who knows, maybe there's Aaron Rodgers. You never know. But I'll, I'm not going to assume that right now. But, yeah, he's my flex play. You know, I already have my three receivers, two running backs. He was my flex. So, you know, I thought about quarterback there. Um, oh, you, I would have taken Lamar Jackson had he lasted me. I was like, oh, boy, oh, baby, is Lamar Jackson going to come to me? And he did not. I think he went four picks before me. He went the third pick of round six. Yeah. So I was waiting. I was like, oh, yes, Lamar Jackson. And thought about Russell Wilson there, went one pick after, and I was like, ah, you know what? There's still a couple quarterbacks I like. And then a quarterback run happened in round seven. 
from pick three, Dr. Roto, Justin Herbert, Matthew Stafford, Jalen Hurts. So I'm like, all right, Tannehill's going to make it to me. Nope. He went. <laughs> Remember, we, I think we talked about it in your draft. Tannehill went round 10, and I was loving it. I was like, oh, my goodness. And yeah. that's why you, you just can't look at a draft board and go, oh, well, he went in round 10 here. It's just it doesn't work like that, you know, and perfect example here. But I was ready to take Tannehill there. And then once he went, I said, all right. I'm not going to take a quarterback here. Now that I know that it's me and two other teams that need a quarterback, um, there's a few that I like, um, and I'll hopefully get one. So that's why I went Dallas Goddard in round seven. You know, there's been a lot of talk that Ertz won't be there. Um, Even if he is, I mean, Goddard's going to be the guy. And I feel he'll be – I mean, he has the ability to be a top five tight end. So I took him. Again, the running back – I mean, I thought about Raheem Mostert there as well. I mean, again, he would have been my bench guy. You know, mm-hmm. San Francisco is going to run the ball a lot. I still like them. I think people are kind of devaluing. I know that they have a, could have a crowded backfield, and they drafted Trey Sermon, who went uh, first pick around four in this. I think that's way too early. But um, so I thought about Mostert and just what we got her. And then, see, this is where it became tricky now. Um, and it's knowing the competition. And I've said it for years. These guys in these FSGA leagues take quarterback, backup quarterbacks way too early and way too much. So I was kind of playing chicken here, and I was like, all right. Um, because, yeah, I took Goddard, right? Then it came back to me. So there were two teams. I think it was team 10 and 11 that didn't have a quarterback. I said, okay, cool. Everyone behind me, one to seven. This is why you should look at the draft board. They all had a quarterback. And I'm like, all right, these guys are morons sometimes. But come on, they're not going to take a quarterback in round eight as your backup, right? And I was right. So, okay, well, all the way back around and no quarterbacks went. And I said, all right, you know what? There's two quarterbacks I really want. So I'm going to take a chance. I took uh, Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, around eight. Again, for my bench, you know, he's fallen from where he went last year. Still think there's a lot of ability. And I think Baltimore will open up the passing game just a little bit. And then uh, in round nine, one of the guys who needed a quarterback took Matt Ryan. I was like, yes, because I did not want Matt Ryan. It was Brady or Burrow. Um, and I only had two running backs, so uh, I took Jamal Williams. No, okay, no. So round nine came, and I was like, all right, hopefully one of these guys, if Brady and Burrow go, then I'm kind of a little out of luck. But I took the chance, took Jamal Williams. He's going to get some work in Detroit. He's a bench guy anyway. It's round nine. And then Matt Ryan went three picks later. I was like, Oh yes. And it was auto. I was like, please don't take that out. They're like, Oh, do you want that right? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, Oh, thank you. So then Brady went. So this is where I had to make a decision. I was like, all right, everyone from picks one to seven has a quarterback, but it's round 10. They get a pick in round 10 and 11 before it comes back to me. I was like, man, I just don't want to sit there and go, Oh, I should have taken Burrow. He went. Cause I, Tony Pollard was right there. And I knew the guy next to me probably would take him cause he had Zeke. But Tony Pollard is an RB4. I was loving it, but I was just like, man, I don't want to risk losing Burrow because after that, it's a it's a drop off to me. You know, I mean, at the Justin Fields, Carr, Cousins, Lawrence, fine, but like Burrow just could have a huge year. I mean, we saw it last year, so I was like, you know what, I can't risk it. Let me take Burrow. And I don't know if anyone else would have. There was by the time it came back to me, one quarterback did go. It was Justin Fields. Um, who went as a backup to Jalen Hurts. So that was like a tough decision there. And I just said, you know what? It's 14 teams. One of these guys might take a backup quarterback. I've just been through this shit too many times. I don't want to sit there and regret it. Let me just take Burrow. 
it kind of sucked leaving Pollard on the table. But then again, you know, if Zeke's healthy the whole year, uh, Pollard's not going to be a guy that you can start off in. So, right. yeah, it's not like he's like Kareem Hunt to Nick Chubb. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let me just once I saw Brady go, I'm like, yeah, I got to take Barrow here in round 10. And it makes sense. I listen. I, I like it. I, I, you know, I saw you you doing the whole waiting on quarterback situation. I didn't want to though. I didn't want to see again. It's oh, it's in. You know, it, this is good for people listening. You can go in with a blueprint and have an idea. But I was like, all right, I am willing to take a quarterback in round five or six if there's nothing better on the board. Now I saw how this draft was played out. I was like, oh, these guys are are, are patient on the quarterback. Mahomes went around three, and then Josh Allen went second pick around five. Right. So round five, I was debating, and I was like, uh, okay, only two quarterbacks off the board. I like Deontay Johnson. Let me get my wide receiver three here. Then Kyler Murray goes. Then Dak Prescott goes. And like I said, I was going to take Lamar in round six, and he went. And then it was like, all right, do I take Russell Wilson? Because I've been taking Russell Wilson in some basketballs, like round seven, 12-team leagues. Because, again, I think he, he always has a good year. It's a matter of – and we saw last, Russell Wilson was in the MVP conversation last year for the first half of the season. And then the offense stalled and they got conservative. And he expressed his displeasure in the offseason, new offensive coordinator. So maybe they are a little bit open now and maybe let him pass more because he's been so efficient on a few pass attempts. So I thought about it and I was like, oh, I, I like Judy. Let me take him. I think one of the quarterbacks I, I want will make it back. And that run happened. Um, cause I was, I was going to take Tannehill in round seven. I know people might be like, oh, that's early. I don't, I mean, the guy's been doing it <laughs> two years in a row, like 33 touchdowns last year. And as I mentioned on yesterday's podcast, they can't run more than they have in the last couple of years. So I wanted him, he went and I said, all right, now, now I'm going to wait it out. And again, right, oh, yeah, you, know, you that's, should that's... always, always look at the draft board, man, especially for quarterbacks and tight ends. Uh, I don't think people do it enough. Um, especially when you're on the ends, really, uh, people don't like who, who doesn't sit. I've got one window on, on one monitor is the draft board. On the other one is the draft room. I think some people don't do it. I really do. Um, that they just worry too much about their team. You've got to look at what's around you. And that's what I did. I was like, all right, teams one to seven all have a quarterback. Now it's not good. It's never going to work hundred percent. Someone could surprise you, right? It could have happened sure. that two teams, took a backup quarterback around eight. It'd be stupid, but we see people do dumb things all the time, but you're playing, it's you're playing probability, right? And if you're picking two, like I just did this in one of my best balls, I was picking two, the team at one took Kittle in round three. I'm like, all right, well, if I want a tight end here around seven or eight, I don't need to take it in round seven. He has a tight end. The likelihood of taking a second tight end is slim. Is it possible? Sure. But you're playing probability. He obviously didn't take a tight end, and that leaves it open for me. But that's why you always want to look. Even at eight, though, if I didn't look, oh, uh, there's a quarterback run. I got to take it now. No, one to seven, they all had a quarterback. So I'm playing probability that they're not going to take a backup in round eight or nine. That's a little bit too early. So you should always look at that stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. But for the same token, you know, the the I, I guess the thought process was that I'll take Judy here. Instead of Russell Wilson, because I'm willing to go as low as Tannehill, and I think Tannehill makes it back to me at least in round seven. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so if that, if that run if that run softens a little bit, I mean it just it cuts off like you know just before you. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, listen, I totally get it. I, I totally like that that aspect there, and then deciding to wait longer because everybody on that side does have a quarterback. I mean, that yeah, that's a, it's a very great point to 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 make with people. Again, this is you know yeah, keep the draft board open. Like always, look at the draft board. You know, it sucks. I think it what is it like. Yahoo has their draft board, but like on their draft software, but you can't, but you have to like keep clicking back and forth to it. Yeah, I think so. I think some, yeah, some sites, I mean, RT is fine. You just open a separate window. Um, yeah. It's on a separate window and it's easy. You just toggle between and kind of just look. Um, I mean, sometimes in the middle, it really, it doesn't always help in the middle. I mean, for the quarterback position or tight end, it does. I mean, on the end, it's absolutely crucial. If you're picking like one, two, three, or 10, 11, 12, and you're trying to decide, like, say it's round eight, and you go, all right, I kind of want to take a tight, hit, tight end here. And if you're picking 10 and you look at 11 and 12, like, oh, they both have a tight end. All right, I can wait to the second pick to take my mm-hmm. tight end. And look, there are going to be times where someone taps the double, taps the tight end and take two, and you're like, oh, shit, why did he do that for you at A1? But again, it's all about playing probability. And you go, all right, well, they each have a tight end. I want a tight end here, but why am I going to take it first? I'll make my pick, wide receiver, running back, whatever you want. Let them pick. They're probably not going to take a tight end, and then I take the tight end I want. Yeah, listen, I, I mean, it's it's stuff like that. I, I guess you know there. I guess there are times where I just kind of take things for granted. I guess just being in the industry. I just I because I've always you know I've just been like a staunch like you got to be staring at that draft board. You have to know who the people, what you know, what the people need who are picking behind you. So, I mean, excellent point, excellent point, no doubt about it. Um, all right, so you know, I, I dig your team. Obviously, I love Nick Chubb, I love Gibson, Allen Moore, Deontay, Jerry Judy. That's your top six. Um, does it matter to you, running back or wide receiver in your flex? No. It doesn't matter at all. It's just best player available. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I I mean, I'm still of that mindset that if you can get a running back into the flex who, you know, has that lead role. And I mean, there are very few who do. Yeah. That's um, the issue. Yeah. I mean, that's why, I mean, again, that's why, you know, last night um, I took Mike Davis in the third round. You were asking me why I didn't take, you know, Allen McLaurin, Allen Robinson, all sitting on the board there. And, uh, you know, my my preference is to have, if you can have that guy who's got all those touches, um, you know, that's that's who I would prefer to have in my, uh, in my flex. Yeah, I mean, look, there's different ways to construct the roster. And the problem is, as, as you go deeper into the draft, that there's just so many running backs that are in timeshares that aren't the lead back. So if you are going to do that, you probably have to get them early. I thought... They actually, oh no, eh, around eight. Yeah, I mean, it's for a while they, they these running backs were sitting out there. I was like, oh okay, I'm gonna scoop them up. And then that big run came in round eight, like the end of round eight. It was Fournette, Moss, Drake, Dylan, Singletary, like all in a row. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, my running back. I have the two stud running backs, and then it's Jamal Williams, Alexander Madison, Gio Bernard. But you know, I if if Chubb and Gibson stay healthy. They're my two guys, and I'll probably play a receiver in the flex. Yeah. But we know this shit changes so much. Guys will be dropped. <laughs> no, 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 no. This is it, Adam. Yeah. This is it. exactly it. This is how it's gonna stay. Yeah. You're, so, you're gonna start, you're gonna finish the season with the roster you started with. 
yeah, I will if I never check in. <laughs> <laughs> or if all of your guys have breakout campaigns. Imagine that. <laughs> no way. Like the probability of that. Imagine, like, yeah, everyone I drafted stayed healthy. I didn't and, I didn't and have, dominated. And I didn't have to make one waiver wire move. Uh, my team was so good. I kept the 49ers defense on their bye, took the zero. Same thing with my kicker. Imagine that. Yeah. Wishful <laughs> thinking. No Who's, one got um, hurt. What's that? No one got hurt. Ah, it would be, the, the dream is alive, man. The dream is alive. The question I have for you is uh, is looking at your roster right now. Who's your first cut? Like Edwards and Moore? Um, yeah, it could be Edwards or Gio. I mean, look, Edwards is really talented, man. Yeah, I mean, totally. he's had injury problems though, going back to college and then last year. But when I did make the pick, someone in the zoom was like, Oh shit, how do we miss Brian Edwards? Like, I don't know if it's like that, but I'm shooting for, a, you know, I'm shooting for a talented guy in, in the last round. Right. And see what his role is. I know the Raiders have John Brown and rugs. So it is crowded, but I'm banking on the talent. There's a reason, obviously, why he goes in the last round. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he could be the first cut. Um, there is waivers, they said, I think the first night of the season. They said Thursday night. Yeah, that Thursday night. It's like the weirdest thing. Why wouldn't you just do it on Wednesday? Yeah, I don't understand that, but whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't want to whatever, man. Like Thursday night, like before – Thursday night football, like before that game starts. Is it after, after the game? that game starts? Mm, I would think it might be in the middle. Like, because what, what is the, no? Uh, they they do midnight, right? Yeah, they do midnight on our tape, right? They yeah. Us, yeah. Well, I mean, you can you can set it to whatever time you want. But I think their usual default because for every RT, like for baseball, it's midnight. Yeah, yeah, midnight. Mm -hmm. Was it? Yeah, was it midnight or 10 p.m. for football last year? I can't remember. Let's see. I think it was midnight. Either Let's way, dude. Can I make waiver wire? Let's see. Uh, Why not just do oh, it on yeah. Wednesday? It makes Wednesday. no sense. No. So he well, here it says waiver claim submission deadline is Wednesday, September 8th at midnight. So he oh, said there you that, go. Okay. Yeah. So I guess it is before that first game. So yeah, by then, you know, we'll have a better idea. I'm sure there's gonna be players that weren't drafted that all of a sudden have big roles, whether it's due to injury or something. So yeah, I mean, he could be the first cut. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I look at mine, and I'm like, okay, yeah. Always always want to just take a look and say, who could be the first cut here um, if I need to make a move? You hope not to have to make a move, but that's the, that's actually, it's kind of funny. That's the dangerous spot with doing what I did and just waiting, you know, till the end of your draft to uh, to grab two quarterbacks and two tight ends. Right, because you're playing the uh, the matchups and stuff, but yeah, because now mean, it's like it's like who do, like one of the tight ends, either Ferks or Everett. That's like the first guy to get cut, but then it's like who's the second guy? Like, really, would I want to cut one of my QBs yet? No, Nicole Hardman. No, Darnell Mooney. No, be tough to get rid of Philip Lindsay or fucking Zach Moss. It'll be one of those quarterbacks. I always say it. All these teams take. I mean, for you, it's different because you're. You didn't take an elite quarterback, but man, these teams who take the elite quarterback in the back of them, like they're going to get cut. <laughs> like you can't, you guys don't realize it's six bench spots. If what, and then if you have one or two guys get injured in week one, now you're down to four. Like you just, it's very difficult to hold two quarterbacks in a league with six bench spots in a 14 team league where the, the, the it's even thinner at the running back and receiver position. It's 
very difficult to do. And I every year I sit there and I watch these draft boards. I'm like, all right, um, yep, guy was Wilson, his backup's getting cut. Um, Kyler Murray's backup, he's getting cut. You know, let's like I know it. <laughs> They're getting cut. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm looking at your draft right now. I mean, the, did the guy who took Dak Prescott really need to take Derek Carr? No, I don't. I don't get that at all. Right. The guy, Matt Ryan, Kirk Cousins. Eh, OK. Kyler Murray. Why take Trey Lance at the end? You can't yeah, trade mean, him. Yeah, there's, that, that's the thing. OK, he breaks out. Great. All right. What are you going to do? You kept him away from your opponents? Who gives a shit? Right, right, right. Um, Russell Wilson, the guy takes Cam Newton. Yeah, like. I don't get that either. Yeah, that that one makes no sense. Uh, Tannehill, Deshaun Watson. All right, you know what? If you're gonna if you're gonna take a shot that Deshaun actually plays, yeah, round sixteen with that, I can't really, I can't really knock that because what if we're wrong? And what if they like, oh no, legally this and that. I mean, so yeah, that, that's okay. I think in your draft you went way earlier, right? Was it eleven or twelve? I think um, I thought it was earlier. Yeah, he went round eleven in mine. Yeah, I mean that's. Crazy. Yeah, I mean, right after I took Wentz and the guy next to me took Watson. Yeah, round 16, I have no problem with. Didn't think he needed to do it, but hey, why not? Right, right, right. Ah, and then Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields. Ah, the Jalen Hurts, Justin Fields one, I, I, I'm, I'm okay with that yeah. only because <laughs> I would actually, like, if Fields was playing from week one, I'd prefer him over Hurts. Yeah, 100%. and you know, and hurts. I know he's going early. Everyone loves it, but you know, there's always a chance that he struggles. So yeah, that one is fine as well. But you know, uh, it's nice to see Mahomes, Josh Allen. They didn't take a backup quarterback. I mean, again, I think that's how it should be done. And I know people say, well, what if the guy gets hurt? Again, don't play scared, man. You got two months. Like again, okay. So like the guy took Josh Allen, right? He took some IGP right around 16. Might be a cut. What if something happens to Mixon? You got a guy for free. Whereas if we went to waivers week one, say say Mixon got hurt late and he's going to miss a lot of time, Piran would go for 30, 40, 50% maybe. Now yeah, you got him on your right. roster for zero. And what's the worst case scenario? Week one comes, all right, he's my first cut instead of a backup quarterback. That's the way I look at it. I know some might disagree. Honestly, I feel I think it gets to a point in the draft that some of these guys are like, oh, shit, who do I take? Oh, there's no one else. All right, I'll take this known quarterback. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we I, we actually we had the same conversation in uh, you know last season during draft season as well. Just you know whether or not it's 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 worth it to take that backup QB. And yeah, listen, I'm I'm with you, man. If I'm going to invest in a Josh Allen or a, a Kyler Murray or somebody like that, then then yeah, there's They're no playing need. every week. There's Look, no I, I understand football is a game of matchups, right? And we do that every week. You know, I do the rankings, but. Unless even if those guys are playing in like an elite, elite defense, what they do with their legs just gives them such a high floor. Like how many weeks are you going to play um, Cam Newton over Russell Wilson? Never. Right. I mean, or even I mean, I guess Trey Lance is tough because maybe he comes out and is that top rookie quarterback. But you're probably not playing him over Kyler Murray. So. You know, that's that's my whole reasoning behind that. And it goes back to we have two months until the season starts. And I'd rather have someone on my roster that can pop at a different position. And, you know, P. Ryan's the perfect example. And you might come back to this two months and be like, oh, I was stupid. P. Ryan, you cut him. But you don't know what could happen. And I'd rather have that running back on my roster 
instead of spending 30, 40, 50% of my fab in week one. Because we remember, like we just discussed, we don't have, there's no pickups until September 8th. You know how much stuff can happen between now and then? I'd rather have, and look, and you, the flip side, someone could say, well, what if that quarterback gets hurt? Yeah, it's possible, but like the likelihood is slim. Yeah, I would say the likelihood is slim as well. I mean, and what's easier to find on waivers, a quarterback or a running back? I mean, we know the answer. I, I can't even tell. Let me see. Uh, I, don't have, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know who's available. Let me see. Uh, Winston went. Taysom Hill's out there. What if he's a starter? You pick him up. Um, trying to think who else didn't go. Um, did Ben Roethlisberger go? No, right? What if Ben's good? You know what I mean? Like, he's serviceable. I mean, yeah, he's not the same, but like, you could find someone on waivers for a quarterback. A running back is going to be way more difficult, and everyone, if there is that running back that's not drafted, that has a starting role because of an injury, everyone's spending. And do you really want to spend 30 40 50% in week one? No. I mean, sometimes it, it was worth it a couple years ago with Lindsey. Remember when Lindsey had that big week one and people mm-hmm. were spending it was worth it but a lot of times we see those big payouts in week one uh it doesn't work out <laughs> uh well there you go again guys the draft board here uh rtsports.com slash fsga central uh that'll get you uh adams mine again was uh f at F, it was uh rtsports.com slash fsga american uh and you can check them all out uh you know sirius xm is uh is doing more broadcasts there's another draft on friday some wackadoo in-game betting thing that takes place tomorrow night um so yeah good stuff good great great stuff all around um We'll do a little Scott Fishbowl check-in here with Adam. We'll talk about uh, his team, where he's at, my team, where I'm at. But before we do that, I'll give a quick shout-out to uh, our illustrious sponsor and say, hey, thank you so much for helping us keep the lights on. All right, Adam, Scott Fishbowl update. What's going on in your league? This is uh, which, which, what, what's the league name again? Which one? Wu-Tang Clan. Oh, that's right. You're in the Wu-Tang. The Wu Tag Division. So, what round are you guys in? Uh, I know you don't care, but just Tampa Bay just won the Stanley Cup, one nothing, game five. So, they are the champs. Um, yeah, two years in a row. Um, yeah, so I pick one. You know, you have to make decisions, and it, it, things didn't play out the way I thought. I would have looking. I mean, it's easy after, but. I wish I kind of did things differently. But again, you have to make the best decision at the time. You don't know what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, we're in the eighth round. So I've made eight picks so far. Uh, started with Mahomes, Zeke, TJ Hawkinson, Trevor Lawrence, Allen Robinson, Javante Williams, T. Higgins, and Raheem Mostert. Okay. I'm trying to pull up your uh, your draft board, actually, so I can uh, I can see it. What conference number did you say you were? Four. I believe 14. All right. So let me just kind of dial it in. And for those of you doing Scott Fishbowl, you know, you can look at everybody's conference. Just go to the MFL dashboard and uh, you'll be able to search for all the leagues. So let me go to the Wu-Tang draft. Adam Rodas. All right. Let's go to the grid view. Shabbat Shalom, good Shabbos. All right, so you picked 
You're picking 1-1, Mahomes, Elliott, Hawkinson, just like you said, Trevor Lawrence, Allen Robinson. Um, is that Jamalfa Williams? Javante Williams. Oh, Javante. Oh, much better. Much better than Jamalfa. <laughs> okay, I like him. Uh, T. Higgins, Raheem Mostert. Um, so you didn't sound thrilled about the uh, about the team. What's going no, on? Oh, it's fine. It's just that. So when you're picking at the ends, you know runs are going to happen. You don't pick for a long time. So I took Trevor Lawrence, so I do like. But seeing what happened, I could have waited and gotten Tua at 5-6. And I don't see like a a huge difference in this format. Tua is a guy that really is going to, you know, he's got better weapons. Um, not going to turn over the ball much, but I thought there could be a huge quarterback run and I'm not going to like what's going to be there. So, but you can't play it like that. You got to make the best decision. And then even with, um, what was it? Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I just, I think, you know, I look, I, it's easy to look after like, oh, I could have done it, but you don't know what's going to happen. You know, like, mm-hmm. With these quarterbacks runs, I was like, well, if I don't take a QB here, I mean, a ton could go. Uh, And some people, I mean, there was a team that took three quarterbacks uh, before some teams had their second. So when you're picking at the end, you kind of have to play it out. So, I mean, it's fine. I'm I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, I thought in round eight, I I was like, do I take Mostert or Goddard? Um, But I already had one tight end. Mm-hmm. Well, like I said, I'm pretty high on Goddard, but I think in this format, it favors the elite tight ends more. I don't know if it does much to the middle. You know, um, think- no, probably not. I mean, I guess, it, yeah, you know, Goddard's an interesting one, right? Because you're like, uh, you know, really wondering what the scheme is going to be. Like, what's Nick Sirianni going to do with this team? Um and and you know I I think in under the old regime of Doug Peterson, like you knew that they were hitting the the, the tight ends, like the tight ends were just constant weapons, right? With Nick Sirianni now, the question is is you know are they are they going to do that now? You know he had the luxury in Indianapolis last year of you know having tight ends that he could tether to the line. Um, you know, which they did when like Anthony Costanzo was uh, was banged up and, you know, they would just they they had some good blocking tight ends. I, I, you know, I don't know about the depth at the tight end position in Philly right now and what Sirianni wants to do. So, <clears throat> you know, I, I agree that, you know, he's a he's a middle of the road tight end. I mean, people are just elevating him so much based on. What last year's scheme, the, the, you know, like that's that's the the thing that always kind of kills me. So I listen, you know me, I love the running backs and you only had Zeke and Javante Williams. So, you know, most are, the, the way I looked at it, too, is if Williams isn't the guy to start, most are probably is is the guy to start. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know everyone's excited about, you know, sermon. Yeah, which fine. But. There's talk that they're going to run the football a ton like they always do. Mostert's been really good. I know injuries have been a factor, but when that guy's on the field, he's good. And they'll be healthy. So 
at least to start, you know, he's going to be the guy. So if Williams doesn't have a big role earlier, all right, put him on the bench, put in Mostert. That's kind of the way I looked at it too. You know, you got to start minimum two running backs. Obviously you can do what you want with the flex spot. So that's why I'm like, yeah, you know what? Running backs are, that was the RB 29 with Mostert. And we know how it starts to get thin. So I was like, yeah, let me just take Mostert here. Um, and at least early on, I think he plays a big role. And he, he could the whole year, potentially. Yeah. Trey Sermon owners are going to hate Wayne Gallman. Yeah, that too. I mean, dude, we've seen it with the 49ers, right? Don't make we sense. have totally seen it with the 49ers. Fucking oh. Jeff Wilson thrown in there, mm-hmm. along with, you know, it was Tevin Coleman and Raheem Mostert. They McKinnon. fucking brought McKinnon, Jamichael Hasty. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, but at least you, you know, if, if if there's one guy who you look at out of the group and say has the potential to lead this backfield in touches, uh, it's Mostert. Yeah, it's, it's round Mostert. eight, man. It's round eight. So, all right. So there you go. You got two quarterbacks. You got your starting tight end in Hawkinson. Um, you got three running backs, two wideouts. I like it, dude. Sort of, not really. I don't. I'm, I just. I, mean, I can't. I don't. Know. How, how do you judge these teams? <laughs> the no, I know. I know. I judge them based on players if I like them or not. You know, and I'm not. A, I'm not a big Trevor Lawrence guy, right? And and I worry about T Higgins because of just you know the Jamar Chase factor, and you still have Tyler Boyd in there also. Yeah, but they don't have a tight end they use. And they don't have a tight a end they use, right? Drew Sample could not catch a fucking pass. To save his life last year. Yeah. But then again, they also have, you know, Mixon, who they keep fucking flying out. Every time they do that spread formation where they end up with uh, no, you know, an empty backfield. Fucking it's, it's maddening at times, but you know, Hey, you got Joe Burrow in your FSGA. So uh, that'll work for you. Yes. Hopefully work for you. So I went a little bit of a different route. And you know, and it was it was kind of funny. It was um, I'm in the fish division. For anybody who wants to know, it's a uh, conference seventeen. You can take a look at it. Um, I went Justin Herbert first, George Kittle, and then I went Acres and uh, and Mike Davis. I got my running backs here. Um, you know, like all the running backs, I took Acres, and then I was hoping to see some uh, some better RBs coming back to me. But, you know, it was like Mixon and Aaron Jones and Najee Harris. And then it was like Carson gone, Dobbins gone, Swift gone. So got me some Mike Davis. And then there was the question of, okay, do I take a shot? You know, the the guys behind me um, between Mike Davis and DK Metcalf took three quarterbacks between the two of them. Right. It was like the, uh, the, the double tap of Trey Lance and Justin Fields and then the Derek Carr pick. But I was like, all right. So I'm looking at that and I'm like, I see Matt Ryan on the board. This is this is exactly what happened with you with like Tannehill and stuff, right? So I was like, all right, I see Matt Ryan on the board, Baker Mayfield's on the board, Tua, Big Ben, Fitzpatrick. I'm eyeballing Wentz and and Darnold as the two guys who I wanted to to grab, but I was like, you know, I feel like it's just it's deep enough. And I'm looking at the board and I'm like, all right. There are five teams behind me who have one quarterback 
And then the uh, and then there are what we call then there are there are three teams that have two. So I'm like, okay, I, I feel like I should be all right to let that happen. And I took DK Metcalf. I was like, I just can't let him, you know, I can't pass him up. I can't, you know, leave him. But we talked about that yesterday, right? Yeah. Then it went Matt Ryan, Baker Mayfield, Tua, Wentz came off the board, which bummed me out. That was uh, three picks before me. It went Wentz, Big Ben, Fitzpatrick, ETN went. And I was like, all right, well, I, you know, at, at the risk of these two guys behind me taking a third quarterback, let me just grab Darnold right now. He's, you know, I'm, I'm big on him this year. Very excited about it. I think in this format, it's going to work out beautifully. And then so I took Darnold. Then these guys went. It was like Miles Gaskin, Amari Cooper, DJ Moore, and Cooper Cup. Now, there's so much wide receiver depth still on the board. Like, so much um, here in the seventh round. And I'm just, I'm looking at the board, and I'm looking at the quarterbacks who are left. And I'm like, you know what, man? Because last year I waited on QB and then I dealt with injuries to QBs and then having like this, you you can't like you you get screwed if you don't have like a good you know to me if you don't have a decent third option um at the risk of injury. So I was like, fuck it. The only guy who was like available, who is like a legit starter, was Daniel Jones. I know he's brutal in this format. Yeah. Bru- yeah, like. I know he's brutal in this format, but again, I still felt like, you know what? Let me take him. I'm obviously going to pray that nothing happens to Herbert Darnold and both of them do well. And, you know, if the the weeks come that I need to use Daniel Jones, um, you know, I can look at the matchup. And if it's a shitty matchup, then I just don't flex him. Right. And it's, you know, it's a, um, a, a, a bummer of a pick if I don't use them during one of the bye weeks. So there's a little risk there, but again, I just wanted it to happen. And then I wanted to see if anybody else was going to take some of these like, you know, shit QBs uh, and get their third man. Nobody did. <laughs> I know. Again, you're kind of just guessing and trying to think yep. what people do. And sometimes it doesn't go as you think. So I do see there's a, a one other team that has three quarterbacks. In my in mine. Yeah. Cousins, yeah, 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 yeah. Baker and Wentz. Yeah, the fucking guy who took Wentz from me. That was his third quarterback. I was like, you son of a bitch. You didn't need a fucking third yet. So so yeah, so I did that. And then yeah, coming off the board, then you know, four tight ends off the board, uh, another three running backs, and then everybody just go- just gobbled up that fucking wide receiver depth. You know, Evans, Lockett, Deontay Johnson, Julio. Thielen went, Jamar Chase, Higgins, Beckham, Galladay. So it came back to me, and I was like, you know what, man? Here's my pair. I told you I was going to do it. Sam Darnold, Robbie Anderson. I'm content there. Now the question is, is, uh, is where do I go on the way back? Do I just keep pounding that wide receiver position? Because there's still, there's just so much, so much depth there still. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, Juju, Boyd, Landry. I'm not a Devontae Parker guy, but he's still out there. Hollywood Brown. I mean, that's some pretty good. Mike Williams. Some pretty good shit sitting on the board there. 
Yep, no, there definitely is. That's why, uh, I mean, look, most people are waiting on wide receivers in this format. I think people realize that you want to try and get the QB and the tight end more and even the running backs thin out. So that's why you're seeing the receivers really, really drop in these leagues. Again, it's all knowing the scoring system and the format, and that's why you're seeing those guys fall. Yeah. I do not like, I'll just say it, I'm uncomfortable with having just two running backs right now. It makes me a little uncomfortable. Yeah. In this format, I you just you don't want to reach on someone just to say, oh, I need a running back. That's what I hate doing, you know? Right. And I felt people did that in the FSGA draft. And I never want to be in that spot. Yeah, I'm looking at the at the running backs who are available, and it's like, you know, Melvin Gordon, Fournette, James Robinson, David Johnson. Damian Harris, Ronald Jones. It's like, you know, looking at those guys, James Conner, you know, Latavius Murray obviously has some standalone value, but there's nobody, there's nobody in the uh in the running back situation who's really, you know, dazzling me. Meanwhile, I'm looking at the the fucking wide receivers and I'm like, I'd take, you know, Juju, I'd take Boyd, uh, Debo Samuel is interesting, Devontae Park, DJ Chark, do 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 do. Um. Yeah, Hollywood Brown. Fuck it. I, I'd even take T.Y. Hilton over reaching for one of those guys. Yeah, and all those guys are going to be in your starting lineup. So, yeah. So interesting stuff uh, all around there. I feel you know. Or geez, do I even? I even think about hitting the tight end position again, but I don't know who's there. Johnu Smith, Gasicki, Ertz. Yeah, there's nobody really. <clears throat> wowing and dazzling me. Jeez. There's nobody. Oh, there's oh, look at Everett's all the way down there. So is Troutman. Jesus. Those guys are down deep. All right. Well, we will uh we'll keep you guys informed as always. Uh Adam, as always, a big thank you for uh for your draft and your strategy and your breakdown and all that fun stuff that goes with that. Um it's been a pleasure. We should we should do this again tomorrow. Why not? Let's do it. Um, all right. You've convinced me. So there you go. <laughs> Folks, thank you so much for uh, tuning in to the Annie Up podcast. For Adam Ronas, I'm Howard Bender. We'll catch you next time.